Just a technical heads up, I went ahead and recorded this entire supplemental without realizing that I didn't have my microphone hooked up, so my computer mic caught it, which means that the quality may be noticeably different. If it's better, let me know, and I'll just ask for a refund from Snowball. This is a popular popular podcast. Do not be afraid. Welcome to the Popular History Podcast, History Through Pope-Colored Glasses. My name is Greg, and this is Supplemental Episode 0.7a. The Tertio Canon? Quadra Canon? Following up a bit on the success of our full episode on the Deuterocanon, that is, the, quote, books of the second canon, end quote, which covered the Bible books rejected by most Protestants but accepted by every other Christian, um, including Catholics, which is why I gave them their own whole episode, you all might like a quick supplemental peek at some of the books that aren't accepted by Catholics or Protestants, but which did make it into Orthodox Bibles. We'll start with the books accepted by the Orthodox generally, then for a real treat, we'll take a look at the many additional books embraced by the Ethiopian Orthodox Tawahado Church. Going in vaguely chronological order, we've got Psalm 151, uh, which is another take on the story of David and Goliath. Then there's the Prayer of Manasseh, which is a very short work that's presented as, well, the Prayer of Manasseh, the King of Judah, who had managed to get a surprising wicked-then-good rating by repenting apparently by praying the prayer of Manasseh. After that, there's 1st Esdras, which is, quite confusingly, also known as 3rd Esdras, because sometimes Ezra and Nehemiah are counted as 1st and 2nd Esdras, respectively. So, I guess Esdras is just another way of saying Ezra. I'm going to use them interchangeably. Feel free to correct me. Um, I'm sure I'm doing it wrong, because, as we'll see, Ezra, Esdras, these books are kind of a mess labeling-wise. In any case, it seems like calling this one first Esdras is the most common route. It's mostly a retelling of the Book of Ezra, and it actually seems like this is the version the historian Josephus referenced for his work. We'll get to Josephus more in episode 0.11. There's also second Esdras, which, similarly to first Esdras, is sometimes listed as fourth Esdras for the reasons already mentioned, as in Ezra and Nehemiah are counted as Esdras 1 and 2. This one isn't universally accepted among all Orthodox churches, just, as near as I can tell, by the Syriac traditions. Oh, and the Ethiopian Orthodox, of course. In this one, Ezra asks God a series of questions, and as part of the answering process, we get the name of a fourth archangel to supplement Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael. Uriel, sent by God to answer the questions. Uriel meaning God is my light, which makes sense in the questions answered context. Now, the confusing second Esdras versus fourth Esdras kind of thing actually gets worse here, since really only chapters 3 through 14 are counted as canonical in parts of the East and among the Ethiopian Orthodox. The first and last two chapters only appear in Latin versions, and scholars call those fifth and sixth Esdras, respectively. Naturally, in Latin Bibles, the whole book, again, that being the two chapters of 5th Esdras, 
followed by the 12 chapters of 2nd Esdras, also known as 4th Esdras, which are in turn followed by the two chapters of 6th Esdras. All of that combined is known as 3rd Esdras in Latin Bibles, naturally. And of course, you can sub in Ezra for any of those Esdrases, at least if I'm understanding that part correctly. Now, let's all say a quick little prayer that I, please God, never have to explain something that convoluted again. Seriously, I'll take the three Pope times of the Western Schism any day. And yeah, we'll get to that. That's going to be a fun series. Next up, most Orthodox churches count the work known as Third Maccabees, at least as near as I can tell, as canonical. Third Maccabees, to give a sample, involves the king of Egypt, Ptolemy IV, trying to kill the Jews by means of drunken elephants. So, that's a thing. It's actually set several decades before the revolt of the Maccabees, and is, accordingly, pretty well misnamed. There's also 4th Maccabees, which, and I'm literally just reading this bit from Wikipedia, quote, is a homily, or philosophic discourse, praising the supremacy of pious reason over passion, end quote. This one is actually just canonical in the Georgian Orthodox Church, not even the Ethiopian Orthodox join in and making it canon, though they don't accept any of the other book of the Maccabees either. Not one, not two, not three, not four. Don't worry, though, they've got their own canonical take on the Maccabees. Before we get to the Ethiopian Orthodox, though, two quick things. First, 4th Maccabees was, for a long time, attributed to none other than Josephus, which I think is just plain fantastic. And second, I should also mention the Book of Odes, but I won't dwell on it since it's literally just a compilation of various odes from all over the Bible, both testaments. It's a little bit interesting because it does have the prayer of Manasseh and maybe why we have the prayer of Manasseh. But it's not generally found in anyone's Bibles, even though, yes, it has popped up as canonical historically. So that's that. And now, this is this. By this, I mean the Orthodox Tawahado churches. Really, there are two of them, one in Ethiopia and the other in Eritrea. These churches have a, quote, narrower canon and a, quote, broader canon. The narrower canon includes all of the books mentioned as canon for literally anyone else so far except for the various books of the Maccabees and the Book of Odes. This narrower canon, and yeah, we're using that term a bit loosely here, also includes the Book of Jubilees, which is longer than any of the other Bible books we've talked about so far, and the Book of Enoch, which I have every reason to believe is longer still, even though I can't work out how to get an easy word count. I mean, it's 108 chapters and several hundred pages long in translation. They also have more bits of Jeremiah. And this narrower canon also has the Ethiopian answer to the books of the Maccabees, the three books of Mechabian. And I could not find any examples of someone pronouncing Mechabian, so I'm doing my best. And yes, I kid you not, that's the narrower canon. Thankfully, the broader canon, at least in terms of the Old Testament, only has one additional book, an Ethiopian version of the Book of Joseph bin Gurion, aka Josephon, which is itself a take on Josephus being a history of the Jewish people. 
they do have more New Testament books in their broader canon, but I'm going to save those for another day, since this took a fair bit more research than I generally intend to do for these supplementals. Don't worry, though, it's coming. As is an actual description of the Ethiopian Orthodox-specific books of the Old Testament I mentioned, because Enoch and Jubilees in particular are fascinating. But they're also super long, so we're going to go ahead and lump that in with our next roundup of additional books in some Bibles. It's actually hard to get a description of several of these texts, not counting Enoch and Jubilees, since, though considered canonical, some of them are actually fairly hard to get even in Ethiopia and Eritrea, much less in English translation. Anyways, all that is going to have to wait a bit, because next week we're going to be diving into the history of ancient Rome to get ourselves a common understanding of the Eternal City, both due to its historical influence on Judaism and then Christianity, as well as its particular importance in the context of the papacy. Thanks everyone for listening. See you all next week for episode 0.8, Rome Part 1. All vias lead to Italia. Wait, seriously? They have their own labeling for the books of Ezra? Third Ezra is second Ezra, and fourth Ezra is Ezra Sutuel? No, I'm not putting that in. What I'm gonna do is go get a drink. Ezra's gonna be the death of me. Popular guy.